welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I am Gordon. And good day to you, Gordon. Good day indeed. Wow, it almost sounded like I was traveling to a foreign country there for a second. <laughs> oh, man. So are you liking that it's finally getting warmer out? Uh, yep, there. Uh... I am uh, way less a fan of cold and damp each year. Yeah, me too. I prefer to do photography and video outdoors because, <laughs> frankly, I get bored doing it inside. <laughs> but I confess that once that humidity really starts to hit, I like it a little bit less. Yeah, that too. But I will take it over ice and snow most any day. But I have to admit... That between the snow and the ice and the heat and humidity, the photography window is getting pretty darn small. Yeah, I agree. You know, you've got to do it early in the morning or later in the evening. Otherwise, it's somewhat unpleasant. And for about a month of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I agree. But I do have one concern when the humidity hits hard. And that concern is keeping my highly electronic gear in good shape. It's interesting that you mention that because the listeners who may not be uh, close to Canada may, may not appreciate how actually hot and humid it gets in this so-called freezing cold country. Yeah, so, in fact, that's interesting you say that. People were surprised yesterday on a show when friends who live in Phoenix right. were cooler than we were here. Well, yeah. And with the humidity, it's, it just gets awful. But how do you mean about keeping the gear in, in shape? Well, we understand that a lot of our gear these days is weather-sealed, although I'm not exactly clear what that means when it's at home. It sounds a bit like marketing, but let's say it's true. But it doesn't mean that all of our gear is weather-sealed. And I think we all know moisture and electronics, that's not going to be a successful dating couple. Uh, yep. Uh, well, maybe that's like most. That's a topic. However, it's, it's interesting that you say, I, I don't know what that means, because listening to these video presentations or tech presentations on... The Olympus cameras, which they're saying, oh, this new camera is so good. And then they rattle off a number that I'm supposed to recognize as being uh, how good it is for the protection. And it's X number better than the last one they came out with. But in all honesty, I have no way of knowing what that means. No, I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. You see this in motorcycle electronics, too. You know, because obviously the GPS and stuff like that is out there in the elements. Oh, this is IPX5. Oh, this is IPX7. Okay. Wet is wet. <laughs> when does it bust? <laughs> and, you know, so that that's a that's part of the concern. But you, you've also mentioned many times in the past, in fact, we've talked about it before, but we shoot in rain and snow. And we do shoot in, shoot in the inclement weather. And I think most of us carry a towel just to wipe our gear before it goes back in the camera bag or our backpack. 
so it doesn't get put away wet like an unpleasant horse. <laughs> and Not a lot of our bags and packs are also weather resistant. Although I've discovered that weather resistant or weather sealed doesn't mean a whole lot when it's a howling thunderstorm or a monsoon. The challenge, you know, it, the moisture gets into the material and then the air in the bag or the pack becomes the problem. Uh, how so? Well, we understand that when we perspire, that has a cooling effect. The theory is if the air is moving, this causes evaporation of the perspiration, which cools us off and our skin actually dries. Well, yeah, that's a great theory. But if the humidity is sufficiently high, the evaporation cannot keep up. Or if there is no air movement and whatever is there is humid, uh, perspiration just turns our clothing into a swamp. And I see people wearing hats with little battery-powered thingies on them to try and force evaporation and cooling. Well, I can't disagree with you. because, And while evaporation comes with the effect of drying or brings about drying, I want to think about the gear while it's in the camera bag or the pack. The air is humid. There's no circulation, and so there's no drying effect. So I expect you're saying then that the accumulation of moisture due to humidity is a bad thing, and we need to somehow protect our gear against it. Well, I am, and because we already know that electronics and water don't get along well. Most of the bags that we buy are lined with nylon, which doesn't breathe all that well, or some polymerized fabric that doesn't wick moisture away. And it would not really help anyway if everything is the same humidity, right? Yep, that's uh, for sure. So, in terms of our clothing, uh, what we're recommended is to wear clothing that wicks the moisture away. Uh, because I might be perspiring, but uh, my gear doesn't perspire, so wicking doesn't matter as far as the camera is concerned. Consequently, wrapping your gear in a towel or better, still they talk about using wool because it wicks moisture away and keeps you warm. And Yeah, but it, it's going to stay wet and it doesn't help any. So, Right. And I think we're both aware that there are products being advertised and sold that claim that they wick moisture away from a camera. But if the camera's not sweating, I'm not sure how that's working. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that will happen to any useful extent. You think there may be better solutions to this problem? Well, we, in fact, we know there are. And we got a sample that came in the box with our camera and in the box with our lenses. In fact, probably in the box with most electronics that we buy. Ah, uh, yes, that little wee packet that says do not eat. Even if it does look like a sugar packet. Yeah, precisely. That little packet of silica gel does a good job of absorbing humidity, at least until it reaches its saturation point. And it's at its saturation point, obviously it can't absorb any more moisture. So then the cheap route is 
to not throw away these little packets and uh, to use them, I guess. And out of, the, out of curiosity, once those packets are saturated, are they disposable or are they reusable? Well, certainly they're disposable. But I've read that you can lay them out like on a baking sheet in a medium temperature oven. And they talk about leaving them in the oven for a couple of hours to dry them out and reuse them. Well, but I have to admit, I've never tried that. And what does one do uh, if one has tossed out those little packets of silica gel? I presume that you can buy them somewhere, like maybe Amazon, which sells pretty much everything else. Well, you're correct. And I only know this because I looked it up. <laughs> they come in bags of these little packets. The packets also come in different sizes. With the higher the gram weight, obviously the more drying power each packet has. You can find packets as small as 0.35 grams up to individual packets holding 500 grams of the silica gel. I think that the ones that come in the camera boxes are typically 10 gram packets. And you can buy 30 of those that you can dry out in the oven for about 17 bucks. But how do you know when it's time to swap one out? Well, that's the challenge. For the small ones, it's pretty tedious. You weigh them. What? And when that 10-gram packet weighs 13 grams, or about 1.3 times its dry weight, it's time to recharge it or replace it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see this is going to work real well. I always carry a small scale around. I mean, all the other rubbish that I've got in a camera bag, I'm not going to put a scale in there. Yeah, I agree. Not likely to happen. I did find a couple of makers or suppliers who include indicator beads in the packet because the packets are sort of translucent. And the beads start out as orange when they're dry, but when they become fully saturated, they turn a dark green. Man, these are available in various sizes and the packets are, you know, sort of flexible. So you could pack them around gear if you're packing your bag really tight. Well... That uh, that actually makes sense. Uh, uh, at least it's a, it's a, it's a practical way of knowing uh, whether it makes a difference in the long run. That's another thing. I use a pro product in my gun safe that's actually a small aluminum case poked full of holes. And it holds 40 grams of the silica gel that goes from orange to green when saturated. They are rechargeable in the oven. This manufacturer says 250 degrees Fahrenheit for a couple of hours. The challenge with that is that it has to go in the oven. The options that have woven packets can be dried much faster in the microwave, though. Something around 16 minutes. I like the idea of the ones that have beads that change color, because to my primitive mind, that's... That actually makes sense. It's something you can see. It's not something that you have to pour a yeah, not carry a scale around with you. So that makes sense. Whether uh, I would actually still, still go to all that extent, I don't know. I, but I'm starting to think that maybe it would be a good thing. Any specific brands that you propose? Well, I can tell you that the units in my gun safe are labeled Wise Orb. But Amazon lists, as you would expect, about 300,000 different <laughs> providers. Okay, maybe it's not quite that many. 
The key thing is to monitor them and recharge them when necessary. The documentation I found says that 140 gram unit, like the ones in the safe, can protect up to 30 cubic feet. But I find that hard to accept generically because it doesn't take into account the place where the unit is kept, what the air movement is like, how much moisture retention happens in the other materials. It sounds like a dartboard to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just love it when they give you all these, uh, they give you this data. Uh, and when you think about it, it makes absolutely no sense at all. Uh, I, how you translate any of that into a practical function is beyond me. Yeah, I'm not that smart. So what, what has changed for those photographers who, let's say, as an example, the the photographer, the war photographers in Vietnam or the National Geographic photographers who literally photographed pretty much anywhere in the world. Vietnam was a long time ago. I mean, the war there nearly ended nearly 50 years ago. Is it really that long? Yeah, 1975. Oh, my God. And the cameras in use back then might have had a light meter, but everything else was mechanical, gears and stuff. Their bigger concern back then was mold buildup inside the lenses. And so the, that gear would go in for physical service on a regular basis, but you never heard about damage from humidity. And the same is true for the early National Geographic photographers and the current guys. Oh, big surprise. They use silica gel <laughs> packets. Okay. All right. So just so we don't forget this, then what about the issue of condensation in a place like Canada, where we don't normally associate humidity, when taking a cold camera into a warm place or a warm camera into a cold place? Condensation, I would guess, is still a big problem and probably happens very quickly. Well, you and I both may wear spectacles. Ah, yes. And <laughs> we get to see, or probably more correctly, not, <laughs> not see, see, the impact of condensation. So I think this is a, an absolutely excellent point. Now, in the past, in those situations, uh, we have recommended a plastic bag with most of the air squeezed out and sealed shut. That way, the condensation happens on the outside of the bag. Once the temperature equalizes, take the kit out, but don't throw the bag away because you can need it when you go back inside. Right. Also, a decent water-repellent camera bag helps if you keep your gear in it when going into the cold from warm or vice versa. Because, again, the condensation is going to happen on the outside of the camera bag. Okay. Uh, that's an important clarification, uh, particularly for people around here. Uh, as for humidity... Uh, use those color-changing silica packs uh, and just check the color and the address as required. Um, that, seemed to, that seems to be functional and makes sense. Not so hard to do. And I have to admit that it's, I haven't paid much attention to it in the past, but maybe it's time I started when I am aware that I'm going to be in one of these scenarios of going from uh, cold to warm, warm to cold, very dry air to very humid air. 
Butterfly Conservatory being uh, a good example. Well, I thought that was a really good example when you brought it up. Because if you think about it, if we drive to the Butterfly Conservatory, what's that, an hour and a half? Um, At least. In an air-conditioned vehicle? Yes. And we go in, and it's super humid. Yep. It has to be. Yep. That's going to be a real issue. So, like you... I've thought about this and yeah, I admit I've gone on to Amazon and I've yeah. ordered my packet of colored silica gel. I have a, I have a whole bunch that came out of something just the other day. So I can see that when I get home, I'm going to be finding me a Ziploc bag and that's where they're going. Well, you don't want to seal them up. Just throw them in your camera bag. Cause otherwise all the they, other stuff. <laughs> Cause otherwise they, they won't, they won't absorb anything. Right. But do keep them when you're not using them in, in a, in a sealed bag. Right. So they don't suck up humidity and become useless. <laughs> right. So, uh, all right. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening. I am Gordon. And I am Ross. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. If you shop at BNH Photo Video, do so through the link on our main page on our site, you know, thephotovideoguide.ca. It costs you nothing. And pays a small commission to help keep things going around here. Until next time, peace.